Greetings and salutations from the ZB cast. My name is Jeff, and I am joined by several friends around the table. Um, first off, we have our friend David Gilmore, Aaron Rhodes, John Anderson, and we are so excited to be able to share with you tonight. Um, it's going to be a little smorgasbord this evening of a variety of different things as we approach the holiday season. Uh, we have some recent news, kind of like a year end type of thing. We're talking about some different things that have happened. And we also uh, will be sharing in some food that John found at Target. Yes, it's a cornucopia of Christmas treats. Yeah, one of uh, the one that first um, drew my attention. He has little cans of sparkling clementine juice, or something. Um, it says Izzy Fortified. Izzy Fortified, and so you're probably going to hear a little popping of the bo- of the cans. Um, when it's, it's completely non-alcoholic, alcoholic, as you would expect. <laughs> Um, but we'll be seeing how that tastes, and so maybe uh, there'll be a new craze of sparkling clementine. Um, I don't know if I call it juice or pop that hopefully um, hopefully we'll enjoy. Otherwise, you'll hear some. Uh, well, it's some it's seventy percent fruit juice. Seventy percent. Okay, so, so I, I guess it's a fruit drink. Fruit drink. Okay, so David. Okay, let's see. Have we had any uh, any any attempts at drinking this stuff yet? Oh, we'll see. I've I've. Had a little sip. I like it. Okay. What, what, little, what, how would you explain it to the people? It's like a little bit stronger orange juice. That's carbonated. Wow, Jeff, your face says it all. <laughs> I, I would agree. It is a little stronger than typical orange juice. David is making a a face of uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's pantomiming dry heaves. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Uh, what do you think, David? That's good. It, it's not. It's not quite as sweet as orange juice. Well, hey, first of all, we should probably establish some point of reference. Now, I'm not orange a very—I'm not a very picky eater at all. I can eat just about anything, and I'm good. Well, what about you guys? Yeah, I'm the same way as John. Uh, Jeff does not like desecrated fruit. Let's not get too far. <laughs> I think this qualifies as desecration by Jeff. Oh book. dear. Do we, do we want? Do you, okay. They just, need to know. They okay. need to know how you feel all before right. they get your take. Um, I have to go. I have to go way back. Uh, when I was in preschool at uh, at uh, the preschool there at Stone Church, uh, I went to my babysitter's afterwards one one day afternoon, and she uh, had fixed a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I bit into this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and there was a huge strawberry that was in there, <laughs> and it and the texture completely grossed me out. And so at the tender young age of four or three, I have no idea, um, it completely ruined me on. Um, like fruit and other things, and so uh, David referred to a um, a policy that I have, or a doctrine, if you will, of the doctrine of desecrated fruit. I was at Aaron. I did. Uh, uh, and so the doctrine of desecrated fruit is um, I really don't, with the exception of fruit juices, is probably the only caveat to this doctrine. Is I don't I try not to eat any any fruit products that have been baked, fried. Uh, preserved, canned, much beyond just cut and washed. That's about all I will do when it comes to fruit products. So, not even apple pie. Apple no, pie. Apple I will not do apple pie. No cobblers. It's, it's a sickness. Right? No, that's, that's no, an American. <laughs> well, uh, you're not the first to believe so. Um, Dave is just looking at me in just pure wonder. He's heard this many times. Yeah, it so, amazes me. It's, 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 so it takes me back. He, he still has this, this, this grin of I can't believe he's going through this. But yes, perverse fascination. <laughs> yep. I, uh, of course, every time I'm with Jeff, I try and find a fruit that will again break the, he, break the laws of constant. What was it? 
fruit. Doctrine of desecrated fruit. Desecrated, Doctrine of desecrated, desecrated fruit. fruit. Right. And so included in that um, would be uh, something, uh, some uh, things that people don't always think about uh, would be like raisins. I don't do raisins. Uh, jelly? Uh, no, obviously no jelly. But jams. No, no, jail, no jellies, jams, preserves. <laughs> um, if, it's, if it's not, if it doesn't look like the fruit and you can't peel it or wash it and then eat it, um, pretty much I don't want to eat it. Strawberry what? milkshakes? Uh, nope. Even no. if it's like the fake strawberry. Yeah, I don't, not a big no, fan. No, no, no chunks no, of it. No. What about... What about the coca bean? That's not a fruit. I've I've never been in this discussion and not had people say, what about, and like start throwing the whatabouts. Go ahead, Aaron. What's the whatabout you're going to use? In Puerto Rico, on on my honeymoon, we had a salsa. It was like a homemade salsa. And they put, um, it wasn't wasn't oranges. They put, I'll say oranges for now, uh, into the salsa. No, absolutely amazing. Yeah, But it was fresh fresh oranges. Well, fruit salsa is good. It was mixed up. It was, just, it was like it was almost like a paste mm-hmm. with some oranges. Sounds well, good. see the the problem is, is I don't even like chunky salsa. Period. Is it the tomato? Yeah, it's the tomato chunks. So you'll do I'll do catch I mean I will do ketchup. And so that means if you I mean if you want to get into the whole debate of whether tomato is a fruit or a vegetable, we could do that. Um, I will admit that if, if I mean if you want to go hard line that that's a fruit, then that's a, that that would be an exception to the rule. Um, but I don't like I don't like I don't like uh, <laughs> chunky salsas. I just don't like like tomato chunks. I mean, no. If it's I, mean, I like that's why I like places like um, salty iguana. Their 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 stuff is their salsa has been so finely pureed that there are no <laughs> chunks in there. Um, and so I, that's that's probably my favorite salsa because I like I, like the paste piccante salsa. They say it has like big chunks. Yeah, I run away from that like nobody's business. So bottom line, sparkling clementine. Um, I, it was okay, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say no to the sparkling clementine. But like I said, I mean, juices are one caveat to the rule. If you want to say tomatoes, I, there are tomato products that I would... Although when I was when I was really little, um, I actually wouldn't eat anything red when I was a little kid. And so and there's a, I'll do a, share a quick funny story. In conjunction with not doing anything red, my grandfather was always taught everything in my grandfather's house you ate, no matter what it was. You ate it, you ate everything at granddad's house. Well... He knew that I hated red things, and so for just for fun, they they used to he used to string peppers. So like hot peppers, they would string um, <laughs> for like I don't know for festival. I have no idea why they strung hot peppers. And so he gave me a hot pepper, thinking, well, there's no way that this child who is super picky will eat this. But so in my mind, I always had the, I mean I was ingrained with the you must eat everything at grandfather's house rule. So I grabbed this pepper, took a huge bite out of it. And then started crying profusely as they were like, had me sitting up on this thing, dumping fluids down my mouth to try to <laughs> soothe the, my burned throat. And so, uh, yes, I, I would. I, the rest of you said you weren't really picky eaters. I, I believe I have a selective palate. Um, I do eat like sushi. I'll eat a lot of things that some other people won't eat, mm-hmm. but I, I do have some things I, like casseroles. I don't eat. I mean, I, there's a, there's a few things out there that I don't eat. Do you have a favorite sushi? A favorite sushi. Um, Favorite sushi place or favorite like like the a favorite something yeah the favorite something. a favorite dish at sushi that's hard probably my favorite I, I, if I could and then it's, it's it depends on where you go to get this I love a good rainbow roll but it has to be a rainbow roll um, 
prepared with the mayonnaise and the crab. There's mm. two ways to make a to make a California roll. Uh-huh. You, you can have it just with the sticks, or you can some places where they'll break up the sticks into into a, they'll make it the finely like the little strings, and they'll mix mm-hmm. in some mayonnaise and mix it all together, and then put it in the California roll. Mm-hmm. I prefer it like that. See, as and, far as far as rolls, I I really like the tempura rolls. See, I'm not a big tempura fan. And, I'll eat tempura, but it's not my my thing. And then as far as the other type of sushi, and it, I don't, it's not really. Cl- it's not really sushi. It's called something nigiri? else. Nigiri? Is that just where it's the lump of fish? Yeah. Uh, well, whatever sashimi or nigiri. It depends well, on do you the, like rice the, or not. The rice. sashimi is the thinly sliced one. Okay. Do you like rice or not rice? I like I like rice. Okay. But uh, I love tuna. I like tuna. I, I like the, salmon the, and tuna. Are probably tuna. My, salmon and tuna are, tuna are my favorite. Um, but a good rainbow roll. There is a rainbow those roll for good. those who don't know. It has it'll have salmon, tuna, white tuna, avocado, shrimp. And it looks like a rainbow all on top of a California roll. David, how about you and sushi? I was in it there for a while. I had my I had my streak of sushi, but then I, I kind of had a bad experience. Oh, laid in, off for a while. in Pensacola was that the? I think I think you and I were together at that bad experience, weren't we? Uh, it was actually actually up here. There up was here? a couple good places in Pensacola. We did I, that. I remember but you and I went to a place in Pensacola. Recently, uh, had some not too long ago and enjoyed it. So maybe I, I took a little hiatus and now I'm, I'm back in the game, <laughs> back in the sushi game. Well, there that's go. always good. All right, so. Uh, we've we've all tried the Izzy, which is Clementine fortified. It, it also there was also a blackberry, which I chose not to get oh, because man, I, I thought I thought Clementine mm, was more unique. I would have I would have gone for blackberry. Uh, well, that's part of the thing is he was going for things that we wouldn't have gone for typically. <laughs> yeah, I I almost got a. It was like a little SpongeBob SquarePants, um, like jelly hamburger, but I decided to stay away from that. It did not look even fun to experiment upon but i did pick up these uh junior mints peppermint crunch huh um and they're good they do taste like peppermint with their little chunks of it i'd do it again very tasty i like those i like that Mm, not a fan (laughs) what do you think david more heaving motions. No. Says <laughs> <laughs> so the man who didn't like him. Yeah, I love. No, I love watching Man versus Food. That's one of my favorite. That shows. is a good show. That's you a great show. Mm-hmm. But this guy, every time he reviews food, he always says the same thing. And I'm thinking, why can't this guy be more creative with how he reviews food? But now that I'm, I'm sitting in the seat and I'm trying to think of ways to describe something that's in my mouth, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. But this is good. How about compelling? It's very compelling. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, and uh, finally... Well, it's just like a junior mint with like ground-up um, peppermint stick or something, like a candy yeah. cane uh, sprinkled on it. I, I will admit that I'm not much of a candy guy. I don't... I, I'm not a... I don't do much candy. Uh, lastly... Do you do desserts? We, we, <laughs> I'll, I'll do desserts from time to time. Okay. We have Hershey Kisses... kisses breakfast. Filled with Irish cream. Let's see if these are any good. Actually, my favorite dessert is probably apple pie, which for long stretches at a time I will do for breakfast, though I'm not currently... Let's get into this story, because this is another one of my personal favorites. (laughs) That's okay. The Aaron Rhodes diet plan. Mm Mm-hmm. My diet for... This is a weight loss plan, right? I mean, you've Mm -hmm. had success losing weight on this. 20 pounds. How many? 20. 20? Yeah, I lost 20 pounds. That's good. Um... Two apple pies from McDonald's for breakfast and uh, medium Diet Coke. And then 
For lunch? Medium, always, always a medium. Not large, but medium. Well, always a medium if they, unless they have the like super extra large special because that's cheaper than the medium. Although I just always feels guilt. I always feel guilty getting that. But um, yeah, always always a medium. And then uh, for lunch, usually like a turkey sub or whatever. And um, for for dinner, if Megan's not cooking, and this is when I was losing the twenty pounds, I was. I mean, I would often do this: is just get two uh, two cheeseburgers without the cheese. It's easier than saying the two hamburger meal because they don't have like a two hamburger meal. If you ask for the two hamburger meal, they're like, uh, "What?" So you ask for the two cheeseburger meal without the cheese. And so two two cheeseburger meal without the cheese. Okay, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent about the uh, Hershey Kisses with Irish cream. Yeah, I think I prefer the peppermint crunch Junior Mints, honestly. Maybe it's just because the Irish cream is cold in the middle, and it should be at least room temperature before you bite into it. Hmm. Not a fan just, either. I was just sitting here thinking how delectable they were. <laughs> very, very palatable, <coughs> supports and savory. <laughs> All right, so David, uh, what website are you on to get order to get? Uh, That'd be thesaurus.com. <laughs> thesaurus.com enabled uh, David to sign intelligence. Please don't do that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. A special shout out to thesaurus.com. Our levels are spiking right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, there's our little food can I, review. Can I go back and re-review the uh, Clementine now? Mm-hmm. Now that you have thesaurus.com open up, go ahead. Wow, that was tantalizing and tasty. I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so 2009 has been a busy, busy year. There's a lot of stuff that's happened. Um, so what we did was we just we just took a look through 2009 to, and picked out some some uh, popular news stories or some fun news stories, and so we'll we'll dive into that. Uh, let's see here. So on December the second. This tower in Dubai, it, it, it's finally been create, uh, completed. It's the tallest man-made structure ever built at 818 meters. So, uh, what struck my interest in this was that since it is the tallest structure ever built by man, how does that compare to the Tower of Babel? Is it Babel or Babel? Babel? I've heard both. I like Babel, though. We'll go with Babel. Babel. All right. How does it compare with the Tower of Babel? Now, the Book of Jubilees, and I, I'm not familiar with that. Does anybody know what that's about? That's an apocryphal book, isn't it? I thought so, but I couldn't confirm it. Okay. Well, anyway, they mentioned that the, uh, that the Tower of Babel's height is roughly around 2.5 kilometers. So that's a little bit taller that's quite a bit taller than 818 meters. The Book of Jubilees is a ancient Jewish religious work accepted by most Roman Catholic Eastern Orthodox. According to Wikipedia? According to Wikipedia. Okay. Not that Wikipedia is the law, but actually... Sometimes, just, sometimes known as the Lesser Genesis. Huh. Interesting. Not Wikipedia, the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, as, we were, as we were prepping for this story... Um, uh, Aaron made a, an astute comment. Uh, David, could you uh, would you like to quote uh, the astute comment that Aaron made, or Aaron, would you like would you like to fess up to it? Sure. So, according to WatchmanBibleStudy dot com, <laughs> this is not what he said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the connection between Dubai and Babylon is uh, 
is kind of an interesting one. There's scripture in Revelation that talks about uh, end times, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, and there's some conjecture about you know whether or not this uh, this is kind of the fulfillment of that scripture. You know how Dubai is kind of a descendant of Babylon. Well, there's another book. It's called The Third Apocalypse of Barak, B-A-R-U-C-H, yeah, that mentions that the, quote, Tower of Strife reached a height of 463 cubits, uh, which is roughly 696 feet or 212 meters. So that's quite a disparity between 2.5 kilometers <coughs> and 212 meters. By quite a bit, mm-hmm. oh, but well. if if we were to go by the two hundred and twelve meters, though, that is let's see here, that's it's about a hundred meters less than the Eiffel Tower. So it's like two thirds the height of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, and uh, let's see here, two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a bit taller than the hall, tallest pyramid in Egypt. Yeah, the Great Pyramid in Giza, and. Again, the the tower in Dubai that is uh, a little above eight hundred meters. So about four times. And let's see here. While we're at yeah, it, a little bit. The, the World Trade Center is five hundred. Uh, the Empire State Building is about four fifty or so. So anyway, that that should help put it into perspective. And so, as Aaron said earlier, um, since Dubai is a descendant of the people that came from. Um, the Tower of Babel, of course, we all are. I, I I did not say descendant of the Tower of Babel. I said that there was a connection or a descendancy from Babylon. Agreed. <laughs> now you're now you're nitpicking to try to uncover yourself. No, not at all. <laughs> Tower, making a, a descendancy from the Tower of Babel would be silly. <laughs> <laughs> which which would cor- correspond to the color of your face ma- <laughs> made no. after you realized your verbal error. Well, something that I, I thought I about... I did not at all say <laughs> Tower of Babel. Something that I thought was kind of interesting about the, the way that the Tower of Babel went down is, of course, everybody's language was changed. How many languages do you think was created that day? Or were created that day? Uh, well, just for a little tangent... That's an interesting question. Where is that tower? Because there's nothing that's talking about in Scripture how that was destroyed, just that the people were dispersed. And if everybody is now no longer working together, who took it down? Good question. I don't know. I have no answer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. I mean, because I, I, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think you'd have to look at. Um, how other major structures have been deteriorated over time. Deteriorated over time, whether scavenged, other things. I mean, I know that there's a lot of a lot of structures in Mesoamerica, for instance, were scavenged for. I mean, good stone was taken off, caused more erosion. Especially if we're talking about the Tower of Babel, which was which we would we would believe would, had predated any other major structure. It would just be a lot more time in order to. Maybe it became the Great Pyramids. Maybe maybe a pyramid was built over it, well, but that they, wouldn't that really wouldn't fly with being in Babylon. Well, the, you know, but the and, and there's usual there's fairly good uh, scientific research about where the stones have come from for the Great Pyramids. So that would be kind of a disconnect. I would ima- I mean I would imagine I would I would say erosion and scavenging. That would be, that would be me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would say so. I, Lack of upkeep. I mean, if I think it. 
with the way it went down, it would be a stretch to believe that a crew to maintain it were able to all speak the same language. Right. But but I, I'm I would struggle with erosion just because the pyramids having gone through many millennia have have sustained themselves fairly well. Whatever maybe outside sheen is gone, but the structures themselves have not really eroded that significantly. Well, I think that part of that is, but people didn't live on the pyramids. The pyramids were made to be the pyramids were made to be more timeless. Whereas, if we think about the Tower of Babel, which people lived on, um, these are people that lived their entire life. I mean, in Genesis, it says people live their entire life on the tower. I think that's a good point. And so, it, and it, it was meant to be more utilitarian. It was, I mean, it was a tower that people, it was people, people lived on, they worked on. And so it wasn't slick-sided, weather-resistant. Weather it was, I mean, there's a lot of things that would pick up wind, would pick up rain, and would be highly erodible, I would think, if it's something that's going to be uh, more domestic than ceremonial. I was not familiar with uh, any references to people living on the tower. That's new to me. That, that's been my understanding, and I, I mean, I... Don't have Genesis in front of me, but that was my memory. David, what do you think? You have any ideas? I recently read the uh, Tennis Shoes Among the Nephite series. All of it? It's a long it's series. A, it's ten books now. Yeah, I, think. I mean, you, you can get through them in like a week, oh, maybe, no, a, maybe a, a few days. A period of time. Yeah. Read, but he, he goes into an account. Of course, this is fictitious, but I'm oh, really? afraid that my memory. Oh, really? <laughs> did I, did I choose them time travel? No, really? No. really? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid that uh, I'm my you, memory might. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> I'm trying to recover from that belittling. Uh, I, you know, my memory's now because been, we care. I know my my memory's been skewed. I'm sure because of what I read in that book of what's fact and what this guy just inserted for you know entertainment. But in his in his book, there are people living and working on this tower. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not finding it, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I just am not finding it yet. Well, that's a good listener question. If somebody knows, let us know. Send us an email at uh, Aaron or David or Jeff or John at Zionbound.com. And and really, while we're at it, if you want to send us your comments about Jeff's doctrine of desecrated fruit, we'd be interested. I mean, are there any other followers of this doctrine? Or is this one of the false doctrines that should be put down by the the plain and precious truths of the Book of Mormon? We're looking for feedback on this one. Oh, dear. Well, I... And again, Wikipedia says something that uh, they believe it was between 70 and 80 languages that were created that day based on the children of Noah, I think. Based on the children of Noah? Mm-hmm. The descendants of Noah. I can try and look it up real quick. That'd be interesting, yeah. Let me but, see if I can find it. Maybe it might be an ether that I'm thinking about. There was some some reference... It would make more sense to me if it was an ether, but... There's some reference to, to it being... I don't... Know. Yeah, uh, the enumeration of scattered languages um, based on the count of all descendants of Noah listed by name in chapter 10 of Genesis provides 15 names for Japheth's descendants, 30 for Ham's, and 27 for Shem's. So these figures became established as the 72 language resulting from the confusion at Babel. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so there you have it per wikipedia per wikipedia so moving on uh let's see here what else do we got i've got one go ahead 
a highlight of the year 2009, a woman in South Korea who had tried to pass the written exam for a driver's license with near daily attempts since April 2005 has finally succeeded on her 950th try. Wow. Do we really want to pass somebody who uh, <laughs> took 950 tries? To well, what kind of rate of failure is that? <laughs> I think the answer is One a day? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's literally one a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm with you. I think at some point there has to be a cutoff on just the number of attempts allowed. <laughs> like, you're not fit for the road. Well, well before 950. <laughs> I mean, even in the Bible, we're only required to forgive people 7 times 70, right? I mean, that's 490. Right. That's and, a, and she was well... That's a good point. She's near double that, so... That's like, you said, two and a half years? April 2005. Yeah. Been 2.6 years? Four years now. Hey, where, where is she Fortunately, driving? she was where? in South Korea. Be careful in South Good. Korea. So I won't be driving South Korea very anytime soon. Uh, also this year, let's see, what was the date on this? February the 11th, 2009. This comes from Reuters. In Mexico City, archaeologists have found a mass grave with four dozen human skeletons laid out in a neat line that could reveal clues about the 16th century Spanish conquest of the, that killed millions. So the, the interesting thing about this is that the way that they were discovered, um, it was 13 by 32 foot burial site, and it differed from other conquest era graves because of the reverential way the bodies were buried following Christian customs of the time, unlike the thousands of contemporary graves at other Aztec cities where bodies were thrown in at random. So for a mass grave, they were buried in an orderly fashion, which is, which is odd. Uh, some of the things that they found, they found uh, copper necklaces, bone buttons. Uh, let's see here. They found a couple kids, teenagers, and one old person wearing a ring that could signify higher status. Are you insinuating that there were Christian customs going on in this continent before Christopher Columbus arrived? When he Possibly. sailed the ocean blue in 1492? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are the implications the of this, The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. That's it. <laughs> Well, I, I just I think it's I think it's interesting that uh, that they were buried in such a fashion. If the, if there's a mass grave that buried people in a fashion that is associated with Christianity today, I guess I would have to ask the question: What does that have anything to do with Book of Mormon? Or, I mean, because my my thought is our scriptures don't prescribe any way of burying the dead. That's true. Now, maybe, unless there's something in the Jewish law that I'm not familiar with, and that's it's possible. There are, there are many sundry laws, but uh, I'm not familiar with anything that would prescribe that. So it would then seem odd to me that there would be a link to modern, what I would call modern yeah. Christian traditions for burying dead. Well, there, there's a couple theories that are going on around it. Um, one theory says... That the people there, they could have been held prisoner by the Spanish before they were executed and then buried. I, I still don't, I still don't see where, why they would take the time to do it. But, but you're saying this would be before Christopher Columbus? Uh, it says 15th, 16th well, it century. says, uh, let's see here. Yeah. So it's shortly after. After right Columbus. So it may not have any. Really, the Christian influence would have been, you know, via Columbus. It's debatable. Plausible. Plausible. Okay, we can leave it at that. Uh, here's another uh, interesting story. This comes out of The Guardian. Thousands of people worship a baby born with four arms and four legs in Nepal. 
revering him as the reincarnation of Ganache, <laughs> who is, I believe, the most popular Hindu god. Am I right on that? Uh, it was well, Hindu, but it's I'm not sure. It, it's the one with the elephant head, which I thought was surprising because I didn't. I wouldn't think that that one's the most popular. I would have thought that Shiva is or Kali or. Well, Shiva was the god of destruction, right? Yeah, that's the one that I that comes to mind. Whatever you two say are more so than Vishnu. Is that? Am I am I getting them mixed up now? I don't know. But it 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 turns out though that this this poor child. It uh, let's see here. Let me let me pull up the article. Yeah, I certainly don't have a good handle on all of the Hindu gods. (laughs) Okay, it says it says the. This is bad, actually. The child, uh, the six-month-old Risab, R-I-S-A-B, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. He has a headless parasitic twin attached to the abdomen. That's so, cool. Yeah. It, the, uh, they're talking about operating uh, on him because uh, it's for, I mean, it's basically just a conjoined twin. Right. That the rest of them isn't there, but some people, as this article says, uh, the Nepalese, they are coming to him and worshiping him as, as a god. Uh, some, well, not everybody is. Some people, let's see here, where is it? Do you eat prunes? No, don't eat prunes. Prune juice? No, no. Craisins? Uh, no craisins either. Eat cranberries though? Um, I'll eat them. Not a big. Band, I had a wonderful watermelon juice this summer, but it had like chunks of watermelon. Like blend. it was more like a, like a slurpy, you know, like it had a little substance to it. Would you would you have drank that? What is it again? Watermelon into a juice. Um, I guess it been with the watermelon pulp. I don't. It's hard to say. That doesn't sound doesn't sound particularly okay. appealing. But okay. oh, okay, here it is. It says some uh, some give a few rubies, others make offerings, some give gifts of food and clothes, others just say he looks like a monkey uh, or is the child of a witch. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> a local Hindu priest has blamed the late and erratic monsoon rains on the baby. Some say it's a miracle god or that it is god, others say it is a curse. So... Uh, there are some other God stories that appeared this year in the news. Uh, on Fox News, they reported that they allegedly found the birthplace of Zeus. Nice. Yeah. Really? Good one, Fox News. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just kind of <laughs> gloss over that because it's not really much of a story to talk about. Uh, some other interesting things that happened this year. Reading Rainbow is no longer running. After a 26 year run, it's gone. Really? It's gone? Yeah, it's gone. I don't know what LeVar Burton's doing now, but it's, it's done. LeVar Burton. I honestly didn't know that it was still running up until this point. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I, you know, to be fair, I don't know that LeVar Burton was hosting it the entire 26 years. But. I don't know. That's a classic. Yep. So, anyway, uh, there's some other uh, books, book stories that came out of the news this year. And I'm not sure how to feel about this one. So you guys know who uh, Joel is? It Austin? Osteen. Osteen. He released his own. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is it his version of the Bible or just a supplement to the Bible? He, he released a. It's called Hope for Today Bible. 
Oh, does, I don't know. Does anybody know? No idea. Okay. I, I doubt he. I doubt he changed much. Well, here probably I'll, has additions and footnotes and. I'll, I'll pull it up real quick and we can take a look. Applesauce. Nope. That was an easy one. Yeah. I don't think that that it's meant to be a replacement Bible because some people feel that way. They feel that the other versions of the Bible that have come out, several of them, um, and some people have gone so far as to burn them at a Halloween feast. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, I, I did some follow-up on that. They are having a 2010 book burning as well. Already making plans? <laughs> yeah. It must have been a success. <laughs> and they, they they have video of it on their website. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it, surprisingly enough, it rained that night, and so they were not allowed. They were not uh, able to well. do it outside, but they continued inside the building. That limits their scope a little bit. If you have to like limit yourself to a fireplace, mm-hmm. one could argue if the heavens were opposed to that event. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, if if they were, was it Elijah that had the uh, or Elisha? Had the fire come down? Had the fire come down and okay. consume the... I mean, which, 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 after they doused it in water? After they doused it in water. Yeah. One would think if they were, I mean, if they were kicking it like Elisha, then they should have been able to pull it off, <laughs> rain or no rain. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, well, I think we could get that guy on our podcast. Oh, I, I would hope so. I, I don't know. We should try and call him he, up sometime. On his website, though, they he actually addresses every logical question you could think of to ask this person why you would do what you would do. And he answers them? Yeah, he answers them. Are they relatively intelligent answers? Uh, we can pull it up. Let's try and call him. Oh, that'd be fun. A fun, oh, a fun call. Do that. That be fun? <laughs> I don't know if that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're not to antagonize him. Yeah, yeah, without provocation. It's worth 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what, it, it, here, go ahead. What possible thing could we be doing calling him if not to antagonize him? We just Maybe it. we want to learn from his ways. Right. If you go back and listen, Jeff. Jeff almost took. Well, did take a side there for a little while. I, well, I, I don't it, know if I took a side. I remarked that I thought some of his ideas were. He shouldn't be so quickly dismissed. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to call that taking a side, then I'll. Okay. I'll, I'll play with that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the this hope for today Bible. The, there's there's been some confusion whether or not it's a Bible supplement or a Bible replacement. Uh, in in the table of contents, though, it it appears that this is my Bible annotated. That that's what he he has a section on that. So I think it's it's like his supplement to the Bible, and he's just deciding to share it. Uh, again, Amazon has a preview on it, and it talks about look, here. Here's Genesis. It, it has key verses in it. It talks about the setting, key people. So in Genesis, there's. Adam, Eve, Noah, Abraham, uh, Sarai, or wait, am I? Yeah, Rebecca, Jacob, and who's the other key person in Genesis that I didn't, I didn't name? Big guy. Think late, Genesis. So, say the names again. Adam, Eve, Noah, Abram, Sarai, or is it is it Sarai or Sarah? Uh, yes. Okay, all right, Sam. Rebecca, Jacob, and Enoch. Now, well, yes, but not in this one. <laughs> I think around Genesis forty-ish. I think chapter forty-ish. How many letters? Let's play Hangman. Six. Is there an E? There is an E. What place? Uh, Egypt. No, no, no. What letter? Like the first, second, third. Oh, fourth. Fourth letter. Takes place in Egypt. 
Joseph? That's the one. Yes. That's the one. He is, he, he, he is the key player. So uh, let's see here. Here, let's take a look at what how Genesis goes. Chapter one: The account of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So, it's, I mean, basically what happened. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fair to say that it is not a, a replacement to the Bible. Right. Would you agree or disagree? Based on that small paragraph. Yeah, I'd say it's not a replacement. I mean, I mean, it just goes on to say, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. From what I know about his ministry, I don't think he'd be putting out a new Bible. But anyway, yeah, that's something else new that came out today. And also, speaking of new Bibles that have come out, this is by far one of my favorite stories of the year. There is a new audio Bible out. Uh, let me pull it up here. This is good. A fruit salad, like a fresh fruit, fresh cut fruit salad. Um, I've been known to eat parts of those. So you pick and choose out of it. Yes. You're saying you pick out the fruit? Um, well, no, actually, if you've if you've added other things like whipped cream, then that's begun the, des- the desecration process. Okay. In which case, I wouldn't eat it. But if it's so, just sliced and diced and put in a bowl and sliced and diced, put in a full, in a bowl, nothing added. I, I, I might eat it. Would it be safe to say, like after it sat overnight, that it would have been oh, that's too, desecrated. Yeah, yeah, that's desecrated. Yeah, that's gone. That's gone over the edge. So you're, okay. so you're okay with mixing fruits? You just don't want to mix anything else with the fruits? Yeah, and I, really, I mean, fruit salads are not. I mean, I, I can't think of the last time I had a fruit salad. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that's on my list of things I would eat. But I haven't, I haven't made a. The the doctrine itself has not made a judgment on fruit salads as being whether or not they're doctrinal. I've known you quite a while, and this might be the first one that I've ever like stretched the bounds of the doctrine of fruit desecration. Most of the time, I just get a quick no from you. Yes. Like, no. Yeah, that, 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 a fruit salad, freshly made, it's with no supplemental things. I could see, I could see it going either way. I, I might have to convene a council of the, the doctrine of the fruit desecration in order to get a judgment on that. Nice. Do, do you have any other followers of this that you'd like to shout out um, on the... Recently, I was talking to somebody, and they were they were on board with ninety percent of it at least. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't uh, somebody. I think it was somebody work sort of through work, but I can't okay. remember who it was. Did you better banana sandwich? Absolutely not. Ab- absolutely not. Not a chance. Never. I, that, that 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 almost that is close to epitomizing my disgust for desecrated fruit. I mean, it's like the textures. Uh, it, I think a lot of it's texture based. And so the texture of a mushy banana in the scope well, of a I'm, I'm peanut butter. like nice, solid, not not mushy, not I overripe. Don't, no, what about banana bread? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are you serious? Zucchini bread? Oh, come on. It's not fruit. <laughs> That's vegetable. That's not eating it. <laughs> Carrot cake? <laughs> oh, sweet mother. <laughs> so, so anyway. Hey, hold on. If, this is this is vastly more important. I'm, oh yeah, we used to eat a lot of banana sandwiches growing up, but we'd put mayonnaise on them, banana and mayonnaise, and I just I've love heard them. of that. It's, I've heard it's of that. Delicious. I might I might convert to the doctrine of desecrated fruit if you go that direction. <laughs> That's what I need. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so anyway, this this new audio Bible it's called uh, the Word of Promise. Now here, don't look at the screen, Jeff. Okay, but Try not to see it, it, what basically how this works is. They've gotten a whole bunch of celebrities and stars to to do voiceovers and to do a, a reenactment of the Bible. So see if you can identify this voice. 
I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you. In Was he on Seinfeld? Nice. You, you I did not look. I did not look. <laughs> I, I saw. I saw. Um, um, the guy who was on um, Lord of the Rings, the secondary Hobbit. Sean Astin. Oh, yeah. Sean Astin. I saw Sean Astin. I did that. Rudy. I, 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 yeah, Rudy. I didn't see anybody else. Here's him. And I have waited because they did not speak. Oh, I, because they that's stood still. Clear. I, can, I can recognize him. answered no more. I also will answer my part. I, too, will declare my opinion, for I am full of words. The spirit within me compels me. Indeed, my belly is like wine that has no vent. It is ready to burst like new wineskins. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They, they, they got Jason Alexander, uh, Jim Caviezel, Lou Diamond Phillips, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. They got Lou Gossett Jr., uh, Harry Hamlin. I don't know who Harry Hamlin is. Uh, he was in some 80s TV shows. I can't remember which ones. Gary uh, Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise. John Voigt. They had John Hurd, uh, the dad from uh, Home Alone. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Um, Chris, Christopher McDonald, uh, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> when I think of... You guys know who that is, right? Yes. Uh, yes <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. Well, uh, Luke Perry. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Michael W. Smith. I know uh, so you're not reading any of the women that read that read. There's like a third of them are women. You've not read one. You have not read one right, woman's name. Marissa Tomei, Rebecca St. James. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Who else did I skip over? Um, Kimberly Joan, Williams Paisley. J- Joan Allen. That's Deborah or Deborah. Okay. So All anyway, right, well, uh, <laughs> just just what you think of when you think of Bible characters or Hollywood actors. They're interesting. Well, and I think Aaron and Jeff will appreciate, and myself will appreciate this more than David will. He might. I don't know. But they have this guy. When I saw that the people were scattered from me, that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, Lord of the Rings, Himley. And it's also uh, the guy from Indiana Jones, his friend. I have not made supplication to them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. I could listen to an t- entire Bible of him speaking. He's that'd be good. He's that'd be fun. okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and let's see. How are we doing on time? We are at 47 I minutes. I think we're way over time. Fans have been asking for a longer show. So we will deliver for this Christmas. You got it. Merry fans, Christmas. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a, listeners. Yeah. Listeners. <laughs> one last, uh, one one last listener. story. So, Mikey, the, you've been asking for it. Now you got it. Yeah, the, there's a a Christian uh, legal group that has put together a naughty and nice list of uh, holiday vendors, and I have that list in my hot little hands right now. Oh gosh! So we'll have a little trivia here. Uh, Banana Republic, naughty or nice? Probably naughty. Naughty. 
Yes, a Gap Inc. brand website. No mention of Christmas. Gap says, go ho ho. The TV commercial, lighthearted, but mentions several unrelated holidays. The company does not promote Christmas in stores or other advertisement advertisements. Uh, let's see here. How about Chick-fil-A? Naughty or nice? Nice. Nice. Very good. In the store report, employees say Merry Christmas and Christmas music plays. Sometimes songs are Christian Christmas carols that reference God, Christ, and the true meaning of Christmas. Let's pick some other ones. Cracker Barrel? Nice. Yep, the website says Christmas. They have a Christmas section. Stores are all about Christmas and Christmas music plays. How about Land's End? Nice. Nope. Naughty. Naughty. <laughs> Website holiday sale. Come on, Land's End. It's not a holiday. It's Christmas. Uh, on the homepage with holiday gift shop section, no mention of Christmas and Christmas search reveals site tagged Christmas, but refer to most items as holiday and or used other non-Christmas related descriptions. So this is this goes on for quite a few pages, seven pages of this. Hmm. Which makes me wonder, how much time did they sink into this? Who greenlit this project? Well, and in the naughty list includes Walmart, Kmart, Sears, CSV, CVS, I mean, Walgreens is in the nice column, actually. What, what, what do they say about Walgreens? Um, let's see. No, they don't say anything. They're just enumerating. Oh, okay. Best Buy is on the nice list. This year, really, Circuit City was on the naughty list, but uh, they declared bankruptcy. Yep, yep. I don't think we'll see Walmart in bankruptcy or Sears or Kmart or anything. Nope. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast this evening or this morning or whenever you are listening. Uh, we've enjoyed a little a little conversation here as we look back at the year of two thousand nine, and hopefully, you find this to be a. Uh, good experience we, we uh, invite you to uh, to email us at any of our names at zionbound.com and hopefully you'll be able to share your thoughts and ideas and any future topics you'd like for us to uh, address David yes something I, I just want to say that I found this conversation tonight to be both compelling enthralling you already used that word did I yeah. compelling come on yeah. you, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring your thesaurus game you gotta bring your eighth thesaurus game I'd like to say that I found this conversation both charismatic and enthralling tonight how about captivating? Yeah, captivating as well. I would highly recommend this again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron. Well, oh, wait, wait. We have one last gift to give our listeners. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Also, in this podcast, stay tuned for a special rendering of the Christmas story uh, as told uh, by the Bible, but using the voice of Tom Mitchell. So we look forward to hearing that. All right. Well, hope to hope you guys. Uh, Stay tuned, we'll keep chatting, and uh, until we are together at last in Zion, let us remain Zion-bound. Merry Christmas! Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas. Feliz Navidad. We're in the nice list. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all his empire should be taxed. The same taxing was when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, she being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, 
the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was none to give room for them in the inns. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this is the way you shall find the babe. He is wrapped in swaddling clothes, and is lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass, when the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the child that is born, the Messiah of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Then Herod, when he had called the wise men privily, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go, and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found the child, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, even until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way.